welcome to season two of Crazy Bird Podcast. Today, our guest is Rani Namani. Hello, Rani. How are you today? Good. How are you? Great. Thank you. Oh, I should have said to our listeners that my name is Vilata Kaminska. My name hasn't changed yet since episode one in season one, so I think everybody remembers. So now, back to you, Rani. A little bit about Rani. Rani is a supervising animator at DreamWorks Animation. He had the great pleasure of animating on several franchises such as Shrek and How to Train Your Dragon. He served as character lead for Minion in the movie Megamind and lead on King Julian in Madagascar 3. More recently, he was the character supervisor for Boss Baby, Grimmel from How to Train Your Dragon 3 and Phil Betterman on Croods 2. He's currently a supervising animator on DreamWorks' upcoming film, The Bad Guys. You are one busy guy. You are not the bad guy, you are the busy guy. So thank you very much for accepting this invitation, finding time to chat with me and share about your work, about your passion with our listeners. So once again, welcome. I am in Savannah, Georgia. It's a little bit cloudy today. You are in LA. What's the weather like over there now? From inside the house, it looks like it's pretty warm, but then when you go out, it's actually kind of cold. Um, actually, it reminds me a little bit of San Francisco when you're in the shade, you freeze, and then when you're out in the sun, it's too hot. So there's just, it's just not, yeah, there's no choice. So <laughs> nothing is perfect in life, but it's, it's still amazing. I should probably, yeah, exactly. I should probably. Yeah, it's still amazing. No, no, I know, I know. It's, no that's complaint. what I say about Savannah when it's really hot and humid in summer. And yet I love going on those walks, searching for alligators, but I don't get too close. I just want to see them. And talking about alligators and creatures, you are a person who is an expert in um, drawing and animating creatures and beings. And obviously we can enjoy that. The whole world can enjoy that children and adults watching your animations, but also watching your maybe not children when it comes to your films but we'll get to it later and um, we'll talk about you being a director maybe let's talk a little bit about animation why animation why did you choose that path why animation it's funny like as i was thinking about it and you're asking the question i'm thinking i don't want to say something cliche like i didn't choose it it chose me or something like it's nothing like that but i do think <laughs> but it is <laughs> but, but it's not like that but it's exactly no no but i think part of it is like because it's not such a voluntary choice, it's just something that happened. You know, when I was a kid, I, I loved drawing, but I also, I mean, I loved movies. I always wanted to make movies. I didn't really know how and what you need to do. And, and you know, I remember back in the day, you know, there was no YouTube, no nothing. So when I would watch a movie, I didn't really even know how they edit a movie. It was like, do they just... Like, how do they know how to pay off everything that they set up? I had no idea how production works. So... I just watched a lot of films growing up. Uh, I recorded a lot of videos using my parents' camcorder, which over the years, they've always encouraged me to aim for what, what I'd love to do. Um, and so just in a way, I was getting free practice. Like I was doing this thing and I wasn't even thinking about it. But what it was doing is it was kind of build, it builds your, uh, your sensibilities, the types of movies you watch, the types of animation you watch. I loved Looney Tunes growing up. And uh, to this day, like I feel like the expressions that they, they get with some of those cartoons is incredible like you can't articulate it in words you know and so i kind of got into that and you know with the advent of 3d softwares at the time this was in the 90s um i started to get interested in 3d softwares and you put 3d softwares with film and you get 3d animation basically and then one thing led to another and i was looking at different schools where i can learn animation and that led me to vancouver film school and then i just kind of started looking at all the reels and seeing what you can do and uh, eventually I found myself there. 
So it, it's just one of those things where it wasn't like, I always knew. I, I really didn't. The only thing was that I was just always uh, uh, just interested in film. Like I loved movies. I loved watching movies. I, I was always curious how they made movies. And again, with the camcorder, with drawing, trying to build little stories and scenarios, little comic books, it all kind of blends into the same world in a way, uh-huh. just mediums. Um, so yeah, that was that was just always my interest, but it was kind of a gradual, uh, not focus, focus is not the word, but just more. Did you draw early on too, besides, you know, working with movies and playing with editing? Did you think of drawing? I did. I, I drew. I mean, I got more serious with drawing in the last maybe five, six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, I always loved drawing, but I never, like, I never got to a point where I can design something or mm-hmm. or something like I was just far away from that to be honest um so it wasn't until I kind of was very intentionally trying to get better at the craft of drawing that I started to kind of focus on okay let me focus on drawing this character or how to how to draw certain items or clothing or but you know as a kid I just enjoyed the process uh, and didn't really focus too much mm-hmm. on a goal for drawing so you yeah. you know you've been working on all those amazing you know films and uh, we all admire and watch multiple times. I, I I've seen Boss Baby I think three times now and I still laugh. So and you know kids laugh and uh, parents you know watch it with them. I know lots of friends of mine who are adults actually watch those movies. It seems you know when we watch it, it seems so uh, effortless, and that's the whole point, right? To focus on the storyline, not yeah. to think about how it was made. But when you think about it, I'm just curious, what is the process? And I know you know each movie is different, right? But what is the process? What happens behind the scenes, and how long does it take to create such a film? Uh, yeah, so it takes a long time to create anything moving. I feel like I'm gonna have a bunch of bumper sticker quotes by the end of this because I was just about to say. <laughs> You know, it takes a lot of effort to make it look effortless. <laughs> it is true. Like, just to make something feel like it's, you know, moving naturally and that the character, uh, like they're moving their own body, it takes so much reference and analysis and a lot of um, elements just to make it feel like it, it's kind of moving by itself. But it's not dissimilar to 2D animation in terms of you're dealing with frames. So in the end of the day, you know, what you do is going to be in a flat 2D plane, right? Because of that, even though it's in 3D, you know, what we do now, there's a lot of ideas that still translate over. So for example, timing and spacing, which is like one of the, the basic principles is, you know, the idea that how you space a drawing from one frame to the next uh, dictates how it accelerates, decelerates, and how the speed is. So that's that's something you can spend a whole week on. Like just trying to get the timing of something right. And uh, that's something that was from the 2D days um, and it translates over to 3D. I think that where it differs is just the more to do with the foundation of the media itself, where mm-hmm. with 2D animation, you're dealing with the drawing directly, right? 3D, you know, you have all these 3D softwares and proprietary softwares, but essentially you're moving a digital puppet. So there's less, there's no, well, not less, there's no redrawing. If anything, there's a little bit of sculpting. It's closer to stop motion in a way, because stop motion is also a little bit different. But you're dealing with a digital puppet, you're trying to move the character throughout the frames, and then you're trying to retime them, and then you try to retime them again, and then 50 more times, and then you redo that, <laughs> and then eventually... Um, but yeah, the, the process, so in general, I would say is you have a character that's built in 3D by uh, the modeling department, and then you have uh, surfacing 
that uh, basically adds materials and textures. And then you have the, the rigging department, which, um, you know, animators work very closely with rigging to make sure that, you know, there's certain controls that affect the character in certain ways, whether it's in the face or in the body. And this is all done in what would be pre-production. And then when the character has all the controls needed, then the animators are basically the digital performers where they take them and then they start to deal with frames and weight and how, how to get like a certain performance for a certain character that's specific to that character. So there's quite a lot of people. And this is, I think, one thing that really amazes me is that the fact that when you watch a movie and you see a character, there's so many hands and people that mm-hmm. all sculpted this character. But it's amazing that when an audience member watches it, they are just kind of in the moment and they're mm-hmm. watching the character from start to finish and they don't question who's animated this character here. Or So you know what? I have a question about that. Sorry to interrupt. Because when we watch a feature film, let's say, right? When I see a character, I know an actor or an actress, right? Yeah. Plays that role. And there's one person really doing it. And just like you said, when I see... An animation and for example king julian right that was your character there are a lot of people involved in creating molding that character right bringing it to life so i'm curious you know because that character has a one personality so how do you do that again talking about cliches is it team spirit how do you all right like there are so many people involved oh, yeah. and how do you make it one character so so that's what i'm curious about i mean there's a lot of discussion so the thing is with king julian i i was only lead for him in madagascar 3 so he was already developed mm-hmm. uh, but if you take for example minion from megamind as an example i think that's uh, it's just about a lot of discussions between the departments and with the director to make sure that the what the director is looking for is something that all the departments can cohesively get to together so like for example with minions hands um you know it's robot hands but from an animation standpoint well i would like to articulate his hands and pose them in a way that feel like hands so i want a knuckle to be able to accentuate that knuckle so that feels like that's the thumb area and you know all these things Mm -hmm. that are usually posing principles for animators but then I have to have a discussion where I'll sit with the TDs and the riggers who are actually working on the character. And then I'll ask them, you know, what are the things that they think about the character that they can bring to that character? And what are the things that I would need from my side so that I can get the poses I need and the silhouettes I need? Again, this is all under the context of either we have an idea that we present to the director or we have a question to the director and say, hey, is this something we're looking for? Do you do you like that idea? And if we get the green light, then we work on that together. If not, then we kind of jump mm-hmm. to something different so that we're not doing something and we go down the wrong path. But it's just a lot of discussion, a lot of thinking and analyzing and trying and then going back to the drawing board all within a certain amount of months because you need to get this character ready to go. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing I was going to ask, well, we are friends and I'm very close friend, good friend with your wife, Vida. So I know you to some extent, Rani, and what I'm talking about is your sense of humor. You have a great sense of humor, and I feel like very often you are animated. But I also feel like you bring your sense of humor to your characters. I think most of characters, there's always something funny and there's something, you know, goofy about them. How does that work? Do you, do you, is it true? Do you bring a little bit of your own personality or you rather pick up personality from that character and you try to kind of get into that mode or mood of 
imagining. I'm just curious because I know that you are funny and I know you have a great sense of humor. So to me, it seems like it's not a big deal for you. It's very effortless. Talking about being again effortless, you're yeah, just bringing I, it naturally. Even for a joke to land, it takes a lot of people. So mm-hmm. if a character is doing something funny, you're you're talking about the storyboarding team coming up with the idea of you know some funny gag. You got editorial, previs, and then you have the voice actor. The voice actor needs to do a bunch of deliveries, and one of them has to hit. And then the animator, they're going to animate to that voice. But visually speaking, like the animators are in the reference room. Mm-hmm. And they're doing like 20, 30, 50 takes sometimes. And then putting certain moments together to make this the, the best of the best in each moment of that shot. But yeah, so you have a lot of people that are really trying to get that. And then even, even you know, with design, like there's characters that inherently just look comedic, right? Mm-hmm. And there's characters right. that look serious and grounded. And so the design has a lot to do with it too. So every department kind of contributes. And that's what's cool, but kind of scary at the same time, because you, you, you start with an idea and then you have to kind of follow it through up until the end and hope that by the end, it actually all kind of clicks together and works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But um, I think that the more the the more you have time to try things, and the more the teams are collaborating, the more you can kind of up your chances of having mm-hmm. it. Work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's it is there's tons of people again just to make. It sounds like a very complex process. It's very it's a very complex process. There's a, there's trial and error involved. I mean, I can't stress enough how many people it takes just to unify an idea mm-hmm. and seem like it was just you know in the moment effortless so i know it takes a long time you know to bring it all to life and bring it together so i'm curious you know you finish you know one film and how much time do you have is there any time in between when you start working on something new on a new story how much time between projects Mm -hmm. in between projects um it depends i love taking like a good chunk off after a project Uh because the medium and because the outcome is so fun it's very easy and convenient to think that the process is very simple and (laughs) you're dealing with frames you know it could get pretty tiresome to put it nicely so i think it's very healthy to take a break but also because you kind of want to flush your mind so that when you start on a new show um and this is something that um, i really enjoy about dreamworks is like you know there's a lot of different styles so to be able to jump from style to style it's nice to kind of reset Mm-hmm. and having a little bit of a break between projects it helps you kind of flood all that and then start fresh so that you can take in the new visual principles that you're gonna have to apply for that new mm-hmm. project and then so when you work actually on this one one project mm-hmm. you work long hours and there is a lot of lot of work a lot of communication between teams and other dreamworks team members right mm-hmm. how do you energy wise you know so you don't get burned out how do you handle that is there anything you do to take care of yourself or what do you do because your days are so long how do you keep going and still enjoy what you do you know what i mean because you've been doing it for a while and you obviously have a great time and passion for it so there must be something that you do yeah. to keep it going well usually it's knocking on one of your colleagues doors and saying hey coffee <laughs> <laughs> and then going for a coffee break and just kind of blowing Uh off steam Uh Um, again i think when you're in there it's kind of like seeing the trees not the forest where that's our job is to see the trees not the forest Mm -hmm. so we're we're really we're really trying to like kind of stay sane and get to the other side so it it helps to have 
your coworkers and colleagues there to whether it's spitballing ideas, whether it's showing them your shot. It, it's nice to be able to, you know, ask your peers, mm-hmm. what do you think? Is this working? Or you basically have, fre- you know, a friend they come over with their fresh eyes and then they quickly will be mm-hmm. like, oh, here's the problem. And you're like, what? And then <laughs> part of you is relieved and part of you depressed because you're like, how did I not see it this whole time? Right, right. But at the same time, you understand, like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, look at it fresh perspective so just having your peers there to help uh, whether it's to just take a coffee break or show them your work or get inspired and see what other people are doing just to kind of get your mind off of what you're doing at that moment I think it all kind of helps but I have a feeling like a lot of this stuff kind of applies to everything that's digital art at this point Mm -hmm. right a lot of these probably are the same yeah I think I, I think so I always tell my students you know it's good to take a step back or step away from the screen because we are all I mean especially now during the pandemic even more we're on we're on screen all the time we're you know in front of the screen on screen and it's just it's ongoing it's hard to take a break we are so used to also to our phones but I think it's important yeah and I think it's nice to what you said you know sometimes to grab a cup of coffee with a colleague so it's for students would be with another student because you can talk about you can talk through because somebody understands you so I think it's important to have like almost support group, support system. Yeah, exactly. It's nice because then you know that where, where you're at and they understand you. And so you mm-hmm. feel like you're not going crazy because you're all going crazy together. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And, you know, it's it's nice back in the campus because you can go around. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. campus. I realized that I'm, I'm getting too comfortable being inside the house after this crazy pandemic. For me, opening the door and just there's like just a breeze of wind and I close the door and that's me going outside. So it's like a few seconds. I don't really go outside that much. But yeah, I mean, a lot of it is on the computer. So you're constantly um, getting sucked in back to... Well, okay. So we are talking about animation. Now let's talk about something else. So I don't even know. Sometimes I hear about myself. You ask me, how do you even do that when, you know, you do all that and then you do something else. But that really applies to you, Rani. You work, you work long hours, you know, you, you're involved in creating those amazing films you admire and watch. And you also direct, right? You, you direct. Uh, I know there are quite a few short films. I've seen them. They're available on your website. I saw that. I know that you've got quite a few awards so can you talk about that side of your yeah so, you know it's to me it's so fun because with the live action stuff that we're doing just getting together with friends and you know shout out to carlos Bayana, carlos portalas and nedia said we, we're doing a lot of these films together and it's just so fun because you switch your mind completely and you're focusing on lighting you're focusing on camera work you're focusing on editing you know and the nice thing is it all relates back to animation so the more you understand what's happening on the other side the more when you jump back to animating you can see an even wider kind of playing field where you can see okay well if i do this i've been on the other side where maybe if i pose the character this way i can bring up a question about lighting maybe that might help the silhouette it could be something with the camera you know different lenses so first and foremost it's just such a fun experience to make films and it goes back to stuff that i enjoyed doing when i was a kid like i just loved making films mm-hmm. so making these films on on the side has been a nice release too because obviously it's a very different style and it's nice to be able to try everything so you're doing things that are more on the lighthearted side and the comedic side Uh, during the day but then at night you know you have a darker side that you can kind of play with and it's all part of the same mold again so Mm -hmm. anything that you're doing as fun you're also learning unconsciously because you are just having a good time so yeah i'm I'm looking forward to whenever yeah it's 
very tricky because there's not a lot of time in a day and I really will be happy the day where they create some kind of antidote where you don't have to sleep and then you just oh that's scary so you know I probably I, sh I shouldn't ask you do you do you have any hobby <laughs> no I'm just laughing I said probably I shouldn't be asking so do you have any other hobby do you have a hobby outside of you know animating I mean uh, I will I will give uh, credit to Vida because like there's a lot of times where I'm, I'm too interested in film that mm -hmm. I'm so not interested in a lot of other things mm -hmm. but it's been nice because you know Vida will kind of push me to like hey let's you know what about this thing look at this th cool thing and mm -hmm. things that I would probably not not really pay attention so again everything everything in life in a way right it adds up mm -hmm. and i'm sure that one cool thing you look at that vida encourages to look at or engage in i do believe that probably somehow it makes way the observations into your work because that's how i very often i operate no because you know, i mean and it doesn't have to be directly but there is something that kind of always i mean it's all about what how we see the world it always makes it way there's a very high chance that you see something you forget about it and then one day you mm -hmm. you up with something and you're like yeah i come up i came up with this and it's like well actually what happened was you saw right. this years ago and you forgot about it right right so yeah i do believe like the more you can kind of soak into your environment the better off you are um, because you'll never know when you're going to access that one memory that one idea mm -hmm. yeah. so you're currently working on the bad guys can yeah. i ask you when we might be able to see the bad guys yes actually they, they just announced it recently but bad guys is going to come out in 2022 uh -huh. um april 15th it'll be a while but yeah that's to, to go that kind of <laughs> renders the stuff we've been talking about where it takes a while just to yeah get. it takes a long time now are you working with your crew on film are you directing something right now also are you working on something at the moment just having fun little projects here and there the little project that involves vita but i can't well, actually, I think by the time this is out, it'll be out. But it's 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 a fun little thing that we filmed. Is uh, me and then uh, Nadia said as well, and it's a uh, something related to something that Vida does with her art. <laughs> so. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. This is the first I hear. This is exciting. Okay, I'll be I'll be waiting for the release date. Rani, where can we, where can the listeners uh, see your work? See at least some of it. I understand that not everything can be out there, but. So in my website, which is just my name, so runningandamind.com, I try to update it as much as I can. I'm kind of, and I know a lot of people are like It's this. always the same story. I tell my students, you know, I have three websites right now. So I'm like, the third <laughs> one is under construction. I always joke about artists and designers. You know, they will always tell you that they're working on their website. It's a life, it's a lifetime project. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, life, it's a lifetime project, but in a way, like... It, consistency is such a difficult thing, right? Because there's just too many things happening in life. And I think, you know, with my stuff, it's just kind of like suddenly I, I find time and I put a few things and then I kind of disappear for months and then I come back. And most of the stuff can probably be seen on my Instagram, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and what's your Instagram handle? I will share that, all that on our Crazy Bird Podcast website, but also on our Instagram too. Thank you. Yeah, it's just uh, at uh, Ronnie... I should know. I should know this. I, I don't even. Yeah, I just do the same. Word. You know what? I am checking right okay. now. And as I look at the website, it doesn't actually say the uh, profile. Yeah, Rani. So perfect. Okay, we'll share that. Well, Rani, 
Thank you so much for, again, I know you're very busy, so I really appreciate your time and, you know, talking about your work and your passion. Last time when you were guest speaker and you visited my uh, digital communication class, students were really, really inspired and talked for over a week about your visit and were really inspired and some even were creating little animations in their free time besides their actual big project. So it was really great to see. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, so... We are looking forward to seeing the bad guys. And then I'm especially looking forward to seeing this mysterious project that involves Vida too and her artwork. Once again, Rani, thank you so much. And I can see on your wall because I can see you actually. I can see the shadow and the lights. I think it's really sunny in LA right now. It's it's pretty sunny. And actually, because I closed the door to this room, it's getting hotter and hotter now. So (laughs) actually, I think it is now hot real LA weather. It's getting very LA. Yeah. Well, have a wonderful rest of your day, Rani. Me and too. I will be we will be following you, but don't get scared. It's only on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Bird Podcast. The Crazy Bird Podcast is hosted by Violeta Kaminska. Our guest for this episode was Rani Namani. You can find Rani's work on his website at raninamani.com and on Instagram and Twitter at Rani Namani. Our theme music is inspired by Tambourine by French composer François-Joseph Gosset. The improvisation is performed by Agnieszka Kowalik. Nature sounds were recorded by Violeta Kaminska. This episode was recorded, edited and produced by Violeta Kaminska.